0: Right, my name is Casey. So those of you who don't know me, so um, it's really good to see you. We've seen a lot of new faces in church, and uh, um, it's really good to present the Word of God today. Um, we are kind of carrying on a theme of some, some series that we're doing. It's called God's Self-Portrait, and it's about the self-declaration of God in, in the book of Exodus. Um, so um, we, I'm carrying on today, and today, today is more or less about God's uh, mercy and God's forgiveness. So keeping mercy and forgiving. Um, but um, I'd like you to read, this, read a story for all of you to listen. This is a story that uh, I really touched my heart. Um, a grieving mom and dad forgave the man who killed their only daughter in a car crash, even letting him move into their home while he awaited trial. Elizabeth and Fernando Jimenez were consumed with grief when their daughter Maria, their only daughter, a student at University of Brighton, died weeks before her 24th birthday in 2017. She asked her friend Nick Tay to drive her home because she had been drinking wine at a dinner um, with other members of their church music group. Beware of church music group dinners. Despite being uninsured, Nick agreed, but he crashed on the A13, A3, sorry, outside Guildford, sorry, veering across um, two lanes and into the central reservation before flying off towards a verge. Nick, who only suffered minor injuries in the crash, had been driving at 110 miles per hour, double the speed limit. Maria was not wearing a seatbelt and was thrown from the car in an accident which police called entirely preventable. Fernando, who is 63, initially blamed both himself for buying Maria the car, and Nick, he said, he wanted to kill with a machete. These revengeous fantasies initially got me through, but I also knew I didn't want to end up a bitter man, he told reporters. Elizabeth, his wife, on the other hand, reacted differently from the start, and she said she was really quickly began to worry about Nick, whether he was okay. She said that while in hospital waiting to identify the body of her daughter, suddenly she thought, wait a minute, who is with Nick in the police station? I knew his family lived in Singapore. He must be desperate. I have never met this man before. Elizabeth wanted to see Nick straight away, but he was in custody. When he was released on bail, they arranged to meet. When all three of them eventually were in the same room together, Nick hugged Fernando and asked him to forgive him. At this point, Fernando felt his Anger disappeared, and he said, From then on, Nick became like a son to him. The three forged a strong bond the wait, as they waited for the case to continue in court. Nick, whose family was still in Singapore, had nowhere to go, so the Jimenez invited him to stay in their home in Guildford. In November 2017, Nick was pleaded guilty for causing death by dangerous driving and causing death by driving uninsured vehicle. He was given jail for five years and disqualified from driving for four and a half years. He was later released after three and a half years and was immediately deported to Singapore. Elizabeth and Fernando, who are originally from Costa Rica, kept in touch with Nick, and they are hoping to be able to visit him once COVID restrictions are allowed. That is an incredible story of forgiveness. But that is the character of the God we serve. And some of us hold some of that character of God in our hearts. In Exodus chapter 34, it says that, and God passed before him, Moses, and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. I used to ask myself, you know, some of the phrases there, it says, keeping mercy. Some versions of the Bible says that it is Keeping steadfast love, or love, love and kindness, steadfastness. So I used to ask myself, what's the difference between iniquity, transgression and sin? So somewhere in um, the, the, the Webster says that iniquity is, cons- is a condition of wickedness inside a person, from the Latin word, "not equitable" and not, or "not just," and it really comes from the heart. Sin is a condition or a force inside a person and is whatever opposes the will and the purposes of God. Transgression is something that is against a command or a law. David really explains this to us in Psalms 51, verse 1 to 3. After he committed adultery with Bathsheba, he says that, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your love and kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me through from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. We have a God. Who says that he is merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. See, God is keeping mercy and forgiving. God forgive all those who repent of their sins. Forgiveness is an outworking of God's mercy towards his people. Some people, we sometimes, we say that mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. And grace is when we get what we don't deserve. So the story in Exodus chapter 34, you have to go back to understand the background behind God's declaration of his name in his self-portrait. God's declaration of his name. Because if you go back to Exodus chapter 19, when God sent Moses, Moses went up to God. Exodus chapter 19, verse three to six. Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain, he says, "'That you shall say to the house of Jacob "'and tell the children of Israel, "'You have seen what I did to the Egyptians.'" And how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me my kingdom kingdom of priests and a holy nation." These are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. In the same Exodus 19 verse 8, And the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the Lord to the people. The whole of Exodus chapter twenty. To chapter 23, God gave Moses all his commandments, the Ten Commandments, all the laws. It was written them in tablets form. But something happened after that encounter, after the people had declared allegiance to God, after they made a covenant with God, that all that you've said we will do. Something changed. Time passed. And in fact, it's not a long time. It was only Six weeks, six weeks after that declaration, that all that you said will do, Moses had gone to the mountain. And then Exodus chapter 32, they said, when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. Who don't know? Who, ha- who knows what happened to this fellow Moses, who brought us here from the land of Egypt? Look at that! Within six weeks, they've forgotten. Verse twenty-four, yeah, chapter twenty-four, verse three and four. Then Moses went down the people and repeated to the same instruction. So they have already had this in just forty days. They had forgotten the promise and the covenant they made with God. I don't know if you made a New Year's resolution this year because yesterday was the 12th of February and it was exactly six weeks from the New Year. And statistics tells us us that after one week of a New Year's resolution, 75% of those who make a resolution will still be successful in keeping it. After two weeks, 71% will still be keeping their New Year's resolution. After one month, only 64% will be keeping their New Year's resolution. After six months, only 46% of people will be successful in keeping their New Year's resolution. These people had made a covenant with God, and within six weeks, they had forgotten. How easy with the test of time, as time passes by, our covenants, our promises, the things that we swear that we're going to stand by are easily dissipated in front of us. And that's the human nature. How easy with a test of time. And look at what happened to the people. At this time, they had forgotten the God who parted the Red Sea when they saw the Egyptians being swallowed by the water. They had forgotten all of that what did they do? They say to Aaron, get our gold rings, get our trinkets, get our bracelets, get all the ornaments we have. All that we acquired from Egypt, mold them and make us a God. With time, everything we have achieved, everything we have amassed, wealth, knowledge, everything that we have worked hard for, with all our, our, our gold, we try to melt our gold our achievement, and that turns into the God that brought us from Egypt. How can we forget the God that brought us from Egypt? But that's the nature of human beings. That's the nature of the children of Israel. And we are so no different from them. But God is merciful. God is merciful because you know what God said to Moses? You need... I'm gonna destroy this people. They have really disobeyed me. They are very stubborn. They are very stubborn, despite all that I have done for them. They are very stubborn. In Exodus chapter 32, God said he was going to wipe the people out. He said, You know, I'm gonna wipe them, forget about what I said. I'm gonna wipe them out. And Moses said, and he said to God, said to Moses, in fact, I'm going to make you, Moses, a great nation. But God, Moses said to God, he tried to pacify God, said, oh Lord, why are you so angry with your own people? Who you brought from the land of Egypt and such, with such great power and such strong hands. Why let the Egyptians say, their God rescued them with an evil intention to slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth. Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. When it comes to a point where we've sinned so far away from God, it takes an advocate to speak on our behalf. And this was Moses' reaction. He was an advocate for the Israelites to activate the mercy of God. God is merciful. But God ha- Moses had to remind God of his mercy. He said, remember your covenant with your servant Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In Exodus 33, verse 13. You bound yourself with an oath and you said to them, I will make your descendants as numerous as the star's. Of heaven, and I will give them all of this land, and I've promised to your descendants, and they'll possess it. Moses reminded God of his covenant. He was an advocate, he stood in the gap for the people, despite their disobedience, despite their stubbornness, despite the fact that they turned away from God within six weeks of making a promise that they are going to obey everything he said they molded a golden calf and they ascribed all their success to this idol but Moses knew how to reach the heart of god he stood in the gap he interceded for that people and the mercy of god was shown upon the people the mercy of god was shown on the people first john chapter 2 Verse 1 and 2 said, my dear children, I write this to you that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father and his name is Jesus. We have an advocate. His name is Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for our sins, but also the sin of the whole world. In that new covenant, it's not the blood of bulls that it had to do. In fact, Moses is not there as an advocate anymore because Moses is gone. But in the new covenant, is the blood of Jesus Christ. He's an advocate. In fact, God said that at this time, at the pardoning in the new covenant, he's going to forget our sins. If we confess to him. Nahum chapter 7 verse 18 to 20 says, Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever. Because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depth of the sea. In the depth of the sea, you have given truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. God is merciful, God is forgiven. The story of the hymenes is an incredible story of forgiveness in the heart of man. But what about you and I? Sometimes the accuser in John chapter 8, verse verse 9 to 11, the accuser comes to us. The story of the woman, in John chapter 8, a woman caught in adultery. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law drags her from the bedroom to the temple in the midst of the crowd and puts her in the middle and says to Jesus, she was caught in the act. She was caught in the act. What do you say? Moses says we should stone her to death. What do you say, Jesus? The Pharisees were waiting for Jesus. Jesus. What did Jesus do? He just stooped. And he began to write on the ground. He just stooped and he began to write on the ground. How much forgiveness do you have in you for others when they offend you? Jesus just stooped and he began to write on the ground. Some commentators say he was writing the sins of the people around him. So when they come and they read their sin listed out there, they back off and they leg it. When they come and they see their sin written down there, they back off and they leg it. And all of a sudden, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with their oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Jesus stood up and said to her, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord. Jesus said, neither do I. Neither do I. But he doesn't stop there. Go and sin no more. Neither do I. Go and sin no more. They were trying to trap Jesus. But Jesus was her advocate. Jesus is our advocate. The accuser will bring a lot of accusations against us. Revelations chapter 12, verse 10 to 11. And I heard a loud voice shouting across the heaven. It has come at at, at last, salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God. And the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our Lord day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. When sin encounters mercy in the presence of an advocate... Forgiveness and freedom is the outcome. When your sin encounters mercy in the presence of an advocate, the cross, forgiveness is the outcome. It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter what is hanging on your cross. Jesus has paid the cross for you. He has paid the price. Bring yourself to the surface of the cross. That's where you find forgiveness. When sin encounters mercy, our God is merciful. Our God is merciful. It doesn't matter what they accuse you of. When sin encounters mercy in the presence of an advocate who is speaking on our behalf, who is interceding on our behalf, forgiveness and freedom is the outcome. I don't know what is binding you up, what is holding you back, I don't know what your sin is. It doesn't matter. He's thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. Could you have done the same thing as the that did for that boy, that young man? Could you sit and dinner with a person who caused the death of your only child? The story says that the Hemeneses and Nick enjoyed walks together, cooking together. God, I just read, I was reading that story and I thought, how would you be standing in the kitchen cooking with somebody who led to the death of your only child? It takes the power of forgiveness. And that's what Jesus did on the cross for you and I. Totally, totally. Totally. 12 years ago, my family and I went through one of the most traumatic time of our Christian walk, where we, we had to change the course of our direction of church and we had to move on. And words were said to us and uh, so many people around us and other people involved. But one book that really helped me to walk through this is a book from Artie Kendall Total Forgiveness. If you've never read this book, I recommend it to you. If you've been hurt by pain, by an experience, by anybody, and you want to understand the total mercy of God and how God has forgiven you, and therefore it requires you to be able to forgive people when they offend you, it makes everything easy. When you understand where God has taken you from, to where you are today, that you have experienced the mercies of God, that he, like the children of Israel, God did not destroy them. They would not be, they would, then history would have changed. They would not be the children of Israel anymore. with would be the children of Moses alone because they would have been wiped out had it not been for an advocate who reminded God of his covenant, his covenant with Abraham, This time, we have an advocate who reminds us of the cross. And that is the cross of he himself being the sacrificial lamb that he poured his blood for you and I. So whenever anyone accuses you, just look at the cross of Jesus. When your sin was separating you from God, the cross was the answer. The cross has made the difference and that's the new covenant that's the new covenant if you've got your emblems i think this is time for us to do communion because that cross is the answer and it was the night before the cross that Jesus declared the new covenant to his people. In Matthew chapter 26, whilst they were eating, Jesus took bread, 26 to 28. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take it and eat. This is my body. Just before you eat, just thank God for the cross. Thank God for forgiving you of your sins and pray. I ask Laura to come up to play something for us while we do in communion. Thank you, Jesus, for your body that you hanged on the cross for you and I, for us, your children. Thank you, Jesus, for taking our sins upon you to giving us access into your presence. That cross becomes a bridge that we can cross. Thank you for your body that you shared for us. Thank you. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant. Which is poured out for many of the forgiveness of sins. Lord, thank you for your blood that you poured out for us. Thank you that the blood of the Lamb has put our accusers to shame. Thank you that we've been forgiven of our sins thrown our sins into the depth of the sea. Thank you for your cross.